This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture with me, Dashran Johan, and joining me in the studio as well, Sharad Kutten. We are continuing our coverage of GE15 and updates about the coalition that will form government today. Before the break, we spoke to PAS, uh, Mohamad Shahir Che Sulaiman for his thoughts on the current situation in PAS. Um, and now we are on, uh, now on the line with us is um, Sharil Hamdan, the former information chief of AMNO. Uh, hello, Sharil. Um, Rees, uh, just a few minutes ago, actually, um, prime, former Prime Minister Ismail Sabri Yaakob um, Made an, uh, tw- put out a tweet that uh, Barisan National has decided at the Supreme Council level not to be part of government. They are happy to be in opposition. Um, can you shed some light on that and whether Ismail Sabri speaks for the coalition and bloc? Uh, hi. Um, I wouldn't be able to shed as much light as I would in the past because I'm no longer part of the Supreme Council and non-information chief anymore. Um, but I think uh, the, the decision is in line with what I feel personally is the right thing to do, uh, which is to stay out of uh, stay out of government. So, yeah, Cheryl, okay, I, we understand. We're going to come back to your personal feelings on this. But today, Pera's uh, PHBN government announced its exco lineup, and it had a, a proportionate mix of parties as well as being uh, diverse ethnically. Do you think this can't be replicated at the federal level? I think it's quite different at the federal level. Um, I can't quite remember the exact makeup of the seats in Perak and possibly in Pahang, uh, if, if the news uh, is to be believed. But in, in Malaysia, in the federal level, uh, we lost. We only got 30 seats. I think it's only right that the two biggest winners uh, have a crack at forming, uh, forming a stable government with over 150 MPs between the two of them. Sharil, you've said, like you uh, mentioned also, right, that um, BN shouldn't play a role in government at all. Um, but neither PH nor Parikata National can form a government without BN, which has sort of transformed into this kingmaker um, role. Um, the math doesn't add up. So how, how do you suggest BN sit this one out? I think to begin with, uh, I don't know if PH and PN really were forced to speak to each other. If we, from day one, or rather from two days ago, we were already actively trying to be kingmakers. So they were never forced into a position where they had to speak to each other. That's my, that's my assumption. I might be wrong. Um, but they should have the first crack at it. And they, have, they should have the first responsibility to try and crack, crack it. And we shouldn't relish at this uh, role of being a kingmaker, in my personal view. It's nothing to be proud about. Yeah, well, uh, th- that being said, it does seem like we don't have a tradition uh, of, say, a minority government. That could have been part of the resolution that, in fact, the largest party gets first dibs at forming the government and then cobbles together support so that it can continue to govern. Um, do you think that in this particular moment of crisis uh, and that we are going to see some sort of innovation uh, towards, say, a minority government uh, rather than, as you suggest, uh, a PHPN coming together? So that, that will be my second choice, uh, personally. Um, if uh, PHPN doesn't come to fruition, then um, I can see BN being, being out of, you know, out of um, last resort. Not backing, but making up the numbers, uh, technically speaking, in a minority government. So we must be firm about being in opposition and uh, simply giving confidence and supply to either one of PHMPN, and I'm quite agnostic about either. 
Your party president, though, um, Ahmad Zaid Hamidi, he has made it clear that he wants Barisan National to be in government. Um, there's been, you know, which that is completely opposite of what Ismail Sabri said, what you are saying. So there's some vocal dissent among senior party leaders. What can you tell us about the sentiment among various UMNO factions? I think dissent is, uh, is to put it mildly. Um, you know, we've always... We've always, to varying degrees of success, uh, tried to uh, paper over cracks internally, but now it's all done, and I think it might as well be in the open, most of it. Uh, and anyway, these decisions are to be done in a critical time period, right? I'm no longer part of those discussions, and I'm not an MP, uh, so, so it's limited how much influence I have, but I'm perhaps, I'm perhaps less encumbered now, and I can speak a bit more freely. Uh, my sense is... Uh, my sense is the meeting hasn't been called. The Supreme Council hasn't been called. Uh, the fair enough. The they went to Tinggi of Barisan National has been called. So I'm not quite sure what exactly transpired there a couple hours ago. But if uh, Ismail Sabri's tweet is to be believed, that was a decision that we would um, we would stay out um, for now and see whether PHMPN can can take a crack at it. But yeah, there's uh, to, to your point. There is uh, different views across the board. But there is an acceptance that this is the worst electoral performance ever and somebody's got to take responsibility for it. And I understand you've already called for your party president's resignation. How will sitting out this government help UMNO reconstitute itself, reform and do the kind of correctives it was it was on on its way doing after 2018 but then was, uh, was stopped by, as it were, uh, the Sheraton move? It would, knowing Amno as uh, as I do, if we if we find ourselves in government, we will continue business as usual. There may be thinkers here and there, and then you know we'll, we'll think around the margins. Uh, but this requires a, a complete overhaul. It requires having deep conversations about who we are, how we actually win back our base, how we actually win over urban seats. This is not a tactical. This is not time for tactical moves, a la 2018. Even between 2018 and 2020, Sharad, we didn't do large-scale reforms, did we? It just it was easy for us because uh, in that 22 months there were a lot of things that occurred that made it easy for us to win support by elections. PH wasn't as experienced as they thought they were, so it kind of fell into our lap, and that's, and and the rest is history, right? But with 30 seeds, with this kind of performance, we need to ask ourselves who we actually are. These are deep conversations and being distracted by being in government, um, jostling over positions and all the rest of it, there's no way to go about any deep-scale reforms. Um, Sharil, you, you've been very vague, um, understandably so. You're no longer part of Supreme Council nor an MP about what exactly the final outcome is going to be. But can you share some light? Since you have been part of the Supreme Council, who ultimately, where does the buck stop? Who finally makes the, the big decision? Is it so BN Supreme Council as a whole? Or is it uh, uh, no President uh, Ahmad Zaid Hamidi or whoever the president is at any given time? So the thing about AMNO and BN is there's a lot of things work out of convention. Um, if you read the constitution of AMNO, certain things are maybe purposefully vague. In fact, one of the side projects, if I ever have enough influence in this party, is really fix our constitution. There's a lot of things that, that we need to relook at. Like, you know, we can't even remove uh, president or whoever based on our Supreme Council, uh, based on our party constitution. So there's something there, but that's for another day. Um, so to answer your question, who makes the final decision? Uh, there's already a vote in any of these Supreme Council meetings. 
it tends to be a consensus Malaysia style standard lah Malaysia, right? Uh, and that means whoever you know, whoever chairs the meeting, whoever whoever can sort of get the tone of the meeting right, uh, and whoever issues the statement after the meeting, uh, tends to tends to say that look, this is the reflective of the final decision. Anyway, without being too long-winded about it, in this particular moment, I guess the the, the question is quite stark for the Supreme Council whether BN or AMNO to to make up this mind on. Number one, do we join any government? I hope no. Number two, if we don't and we give time to PHPN and they fail, uh, how do we help form a legitimate government considering our federal constitution doesn't actually allow for my understanding of it, doesn't actually allow for a you know, full-on minority government that somebody needs to have 112 MPs backing him, right, or her? Uh, so who is that person? Yeah, so uh, can I, Cheryl, we got about two minutes left. Very quickly, GPS has also made a statement that it's going to wait this out and they leave it up to the Agong. Do you think this is an instance that politicians uh, who are failing to negotiate are pushing it onto the palace, therefore dragging the palace into uh, decisions which is not, in fact, their role? Is Is there a hazard in the kind of statements made by GPS? Um. I'm not in the best position to comment on that, Sherrod, because I think the first question you should be asking is why isn't PHMPN talking first? Why is everything put on GPS? Why is everything put on BN? Let them have a crack at it. And if they fail, then they should be they, they can't complain when BN, GPS, or any of the smaller parties are forced to pick sides. We don't want to pick sides right now. We lost, and we want to focus on ourselves. So, you know, I think the conversation should revolve at least in the next 24 hours on those two. Why can't they cut the deal? Somebody gets PM, somebody gets DPM, right? Why, why, why are we being the ones to be forced to make this choice? Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us today, Sharil. That was Sharil Hamdan, the former Information Chief of AMNO, sharing his take on the negotiations that have been underway between Barisan National and Pakatan Harapan, as well as some insights into what is happening within AMNO at the moment. We'll go for another break, and when we come back, we'll be hearing from constitutional lawyer Ki Hui Yi. So keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.